Welcome to Highly Political, a podcast where two passionate ladies smoke weed, talk politics, laugh, and sometimes cry. With special guests from the world of comedy, cannabis, and politics. We haven't worked on Capitol Hill, but that's okay. We're paying attention, and so should you. We want you to be informed, like little democracy angels. So pack your bowl, grab some snacks, and let's get into it. And remember, when they go low, we get high. Today we're smoking Indica Dominant Gelato, known for its sweet flavor with hints of orange zest and blueberry. This tasty strain chills you out. Which is perfect, because we have friend of the pod and self-proclaimed philanthropist herself, Geraldine May Cueva, who runs the art in times of chill. We sit down to celebrate the first Blasian woman on a major party ticket and try to make a case for Kamala. There are 77 days until the election. 45 isn't hiding his plan to dismantle the USPS at all. And our cuckoo of the week is probably going to Congress. All right, T, light it up. <sighs> this is good. Ooh, I'm using like new papers and I feel like they're not burning the right way. I'm like, kind of running on the side. Welcome to the pod, Jeej. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Thank you for having me. We're very excited to have the philanthropist herself. Oh, Geraldine shit. Kuba. <laughs> ah, welcome, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> the philanthropist will see you now, for real. <laughs> you seriously, like, one of the chillest people I know. She's Damn. super chill. And, uh, you know what? One time, my best friend sent me a Christmas card, and it literally said her chillness. Oh, really? <laughs> on, on the envelope. It's a Geraldine May Cueva, and it said her chillness. I was like, this bitch, I'm saving this envelope. <laughs> so <cute. coughs> I love that. I know. That's really cute. I'm um, going to start referring to you as that. Do you work in cannabis? Mm-hmm. What, what, tell the folks what you do. Oh, well, tell the folks what I do. Yeah, so I've deemed myself the philanthropist, someone that studies the art of chill, the culture of chill in today's cannabis world. Um, I clearly have uh, an obsession over the word chill. Um, it's also the name of my company called Art in Times of Chill, which is a consulting platform that builds communities, connects brands, and uh, drives conscious commerce. I'm a merchant turned marketer in the cannabis space. Previously, I was in the fashion industry. Um, I've always had a love for cannabis, but I've really amplified my love for the biz- for plants um, through you know deep diving into this new role that I'm creating um, for myself in the cannabis industry. So a lot of my um, Previous work has a lot to do with uh, working with startups that have different products across different categories, whether they're in CBD, um, they have licensed cannabis companies, uh, licensed um, cannabis in California, or mm-hmm. they're uh, cannabis adjacent. So kitchenware, pantry items, um, food and mm-hmm. beverage, things like of that nature. But I try to focus uh, my work on the business of plants, uh, because, you know, my goal is really to destigmatize through um, ease and integration and education of anything related to plants um, into anyone's lifestyle. So mm-hmm. while I do consider myself part of the very much part of the cannabis industry, um, I do work with other plant based products. All right. You do not discriminate. In your, I don't discriminate. Your I love- fauna or flora, your flora. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, and I'm also, you know, in addition to that, um, I am uh, the host of a new podcast that I'm going to be launching called Amplify Your Chill. Um, And Amplify Your Chill is really about maintaining uh, your positive well-being. Uh, I consider chill to be a word synonymous for activity, obviously, like we're chilling right now, (laughs) but (laughs) also a state of mind. And uh, for me, you know, my highest point of chill is related to my positive mental attitude and my well-being so i've intellectualized chill on every accord so if this sounds crazy that's exactly why i call myself the chillanthropist wait have you guys ever seen being john malkovich um not for for a while a long time there's this one there's this one scene where he goes inside his head and the it's like all, the point of view is all different John Malkoviches and all they're saying is their name, John Malkovich. Mm. And I feel like if we did being Gigi, like, <laughs> like we'd go into your head and it would, all of the heads would just be saying, chill, chill, chill. You know, but you know what it would be? It would be that emotion like my logo which is like this emoji of you know that emoji and like i know this is a podcast but it basically is that face where the eyes are closed and the mouth is all like it's just like (laughs) pleasant so that emoji is my logo and it's smoking but imagine me with that face laying in a hammock and that's literally what my brain would be yes and my I therapist be so- is trying to get me to where you are. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's been a journey. <laughs> it's funny that you say hammock because literally when Sam was talking about being inside your mind, the first thing I thought was like mm. you chilling on a hammock and like the room filled with like plants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's literally it. It's like men serving me stuff with yes. flor- flowers and plants everywhere and me in a, in, me in a hammock. I can't I believe it. Yeah. forgot the most important part the men serving like the men serving me things like mm. that's really that, that's that's up in a daydream yeah just like rolling you a joint walking up mm-hmm. and giving it to you lighting it mm-hmm. for you lighting bring, it bringing you me. some snack and another one comes over with some mm-hmm. snacks another one comes with yeah. an ashtray mm-hmm. a box of tissues because you got so many of them you're like you give me the box of tissues <laughs> i don't know what else to do with yeah like just I, I don't know what i'm gonna need that for but like i yeah. want the yeah exactly. i want another i know i want another man doing something for me yeah exactly <laughs> no i know it's just like i just want somebody to do something rub my feet mm. <laughs> like you know i feel like, like the the hella woman empowerment empowerment vibe of this is uh is a is a good way to give shout outs Kamala. I know. We finally got <laughs> <I> think, a, <laughs> There we go. We finally got a, 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 well, finally got a VP pick. A VP pick. Which mm. was like. The first, the first black woman on a major party ticket. Mm-hmm. Not the first VP because the Republicans had one. Like oh, in yeah. Early 90s name? or something. Was, was it Geraldine uh, Ferreira? Is it my own? Oh, no. I don't know. Remember Sarah Palin? <laughs> Oh my god! Oh yeah, I forgot. About, I literally forgot about Sarah Palin. Yeah, remember yeah. Sarah Palin? <laughs> like, yeah. no, I saw, I saw like, a headline. What? I'm sorry, T. <laughs> well, I just think, what was McCain thinking when he like was like, "Yo, I got it," or his team was like, "We got it." Sarah Palin. I, I think that really helped him lose that election. Oh yeah, his team didn't vet her. Damn. At she all. Was, she says, "I can see Russia from my porch." Maybe I can. Oh, and you know the worst part is, is that Sarah Palin is actually way more articulate than Trump. 
I mean, mm-hmm. actually, can you believe? <laughs> can you believe that? That's just yeah, right. There was a time where we're like, oh my god, there's no way we're gonna let someone like McCain be president because he wants Sarah Palin, and then everyone voted for Trump. <laughs> yeah. Oh my like god! Eight years later, like, I well, know. Why? What uh, are they thinking? Why? And I, we thought that was bad shit when Tina Fey was. Oh yeah, Tina Fey was playing her. On that SNL. was such a oh, it was just amazing impression that was so good i'm excited pretty good to have more maya rudolph doing kamala harris oh yeah that's gonna be good i I couldn't even i couldn't even enjoy the announcement because then i saw like 80 million false equivalent memes oh my god on social media and how people are just reaming on her i saw this girl I, i can't remember i'm not sure how we're friends we follow each other on facebook it must be through like cannabis or something, but she posted something about it. And then she put like hashtag right Biden or right Bernie in 2020. And I'm just like, are people really going to do that? You guys, are you guys really going to do, you're going to go stand in line, wait all this time during a pandemic. So you can write in Bernie. And for what you, you know, it's, it's not just, gonna work. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not. I was gonna say that. I was like, it's just not gonna work. It's not gonna work. There's this. There's this. You know, co- dissidence that people have with reality and how things work. Yeah. And it's like, okay, listen. You just started hating cops two months ago. Like, why don't you fuck <laughs> out and get off your high horse? And you know, like, and stop <clears throat> just saying. I there there was a tweet. Somebody shared a tweet with me that um said, you know people who are marched, this is a disgrace and disservice to people who marched in the streets for Black Lives Matter. And I was like, mm, I was one of those people and I'm, I'm fine with the choice. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been interesting to see everybody now. Like, cause I feel like I didn't hear as much about like cop or Camilla as a cop and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Prior to her getting the, the VP nom. Yeah. Not in this capacity. I mean, maybe a few, but the onslaught was pretty wild and i was reading um this this uh this article um by a public defender that worked with kamala in california oh, nikki, nikki solas I read yeah that too. and she was saying that kamala was like one of the most progressive prosecutors in the state and okay, well, she was here's, here's the thing with the progressive prosecutor thing that i do i, I want to bring up because i think it's important in this context is that progressive prosecutors wasn't really a term wasn't really a phrase until like Kamala positioned herself. She, mm. I think she said that. I mean, she wasn't the first person to coin that phrase, but she used that for her. So now critics are using it to her detriment, saying like, you're mm. not as progressive as you say. And um, although uh, attorney generals, like, you know, they're technically like in charge of the police afor- enforcement task, you know, like um, they, they, they don't, they don't like make the, it's just, it's, it is a term where it's kind of feasible, but it's like now it's being turned against her basically. Right, so right, right. I just want to like go from there for the progressive prosecutor thing. Right, 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 right. Um, but sorry, I got off track. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just interesting. One of the things that I thought was really, uh, that I didn't realize about her is that uh, marijuana sale cases were routinely reduced to misdemeanors when she was AG and possession cases were not even on the court's docket. Um, They simply weren't charged. Interesting. Um, Yeah, so it's 
you know, I think for at least cannabis, and I really hate every time I read like an article and they say marijuana um, (laughs) in cannabis, uh, you know, and she's also the like one of the head sponsors for the MORE Act, which is, again, called the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungent Act. Mm. Um, which uh, the key things it would do Learning. is re- remove cannabis from the Controlled Substance Act. So the state's governments would be the primary crafters of marijuana-related policy, um, facilitate federal expungements for minor charges, and sensitize state and local governments to do the same, create pathways for ownership opportunities for small businesses and entrepreneurs through the SBA, allow veterans to obtain medical cannabis recommendations from their VA doctors, and then remove the threat of deportation for those immigrants involved in minor uh, cannabis violations. See, do, do you guys remember Tulsa Gabbard? Remember? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she, she, nope. Don't. I'm like, no, I don't know. This. She, <laughs> she ran, she was during the primary. I have, I have a lot of problems with her. We've, we've talked shit on her in the past <laughs> on this pod. Yeah. She's from but, Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm, she's from Hawaii. Um, she has some odd views on like Syria and Putin. It's they they were troubling, mm. but she came for Kamala in the primary debate, and she said that um, that Tulsi Gabbard said that uh, uh, fifteen hundred people and Kamala put fifteen hundred people in jail for marijuana violations, mm. um, which is was not true. It's she so basically she inherited that figure um, uh. from, from the previous and. Um, po- uh, PolitiFact uh, checked the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation stats, and the agency's data showed there was um, eight, uh, 1,883 admissions to state prison on marijuana offenses. Um, way, way less than 15,000. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. No, well, I'm sorry. The figure was 1,500. Did I say 15,000? Oh, oh, sorry. Maybe in my mind I heard 15,000. Well, it, it was, okay, it is more, right? But but that's not that's including like the pre like the, right, the right, one right, she inherited right. right right but so then it started at eight, uh, 1883 and then during her tenure from 817 marijuana related uh, cases in her first year it was 137 so oh, she wow. stopped so she stopped prosecuting um, that which i would say is a progressive move yeah mm. that's a big progressive move um, yeah. and also i think an example of like uh, really kind of listening to the constituents and like what's going on in that city at that time, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, this is the, okay. This is the thing that really grinds my gears <laughs> is that, is that, okay. You know, a lot of people are giving criticism like Joe authored the crime bill. And if you guys watch our episode, we have on um, the Biden and Bernie like episode, we talk a lot in depth about the crime bill with, on Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders positions. So, you know, go there, whatever. And um, how they're like, you know, doing memes of them with photoshopped heads on cops, like dragging protesters, but it looks like the 1960s. It's just like a really false equivalent. It's not fair. It's not looking at her whole, the whole context. And as you, like, as you mentioned, T, like she was a black woman trying to become a prosecutor and she, and constituency changes. So when people, when people say like, oh, a politician is just like, they're just doing that because like now they know it's politically advantageous. Yes, of course. Right. Yeah, I feel like we don't give anybody room to, to change. And um, I think we also look back at things without like the context of the times. You know, I was talking to my aunt exactly. about 
Biden and she was like, you know, I remember when every when the crime bill came out and she's like every fucking politician was pushing the crime bill. You know, like it was like a thing mm-hmm. everybody wanted. It wasn't just like something Joe snuck in, you know. Mm-hmm. But that being said, it's like I don't know, like I just think we have to give opportunity for people to know better now or to have more information and to like make different choices. I think it's also frustrating where a lot of people who I think, you know, they're talking about, oh, well, look how Kamala like um, went after Joe when they were um, both like, you know, possible like candidates and, you know, like what a hypocrite and blah, blah, blah. It's like, but yeah, like, it's just like any like thing. It's like one. That's how the primaries work. We all yeah, know it's it. like, We all understand the game that's yeah, happening. Yeah, and here. like, and I can like just because I wasn't for somebody when there was like twenty five thousand fucking um, candidates. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was insane. But like, doesn't mean like now that it's narrowed down and these are like who's here that I can't, you know, get on board and figure out like what's right for me and different things that I also want to hold them accountable for. Right. And I think there's a dissonance too with the accountability. Cause when I, cause I've been, you know, kind of debating or trying to make the case to some people who I've seen post that, you know, and, um, Oh fuck. What was I talking about? I lost my train of thought. One of the, the, the work hazards. <laughs> Sometimes you could be on like a really good tangent and then damn, like, damn. But also you think of like, you know, a snack <laughs> oh god i was so ready to just say something good too i know it <laughs> it felt I like it too it. i was like i was so gonna say ready. something moving like mm. uh <laughs> well what were you talking about yeah we were talking about people the debates tons of people originally running yeah and oh. people not being hypocrites for now like supporting somebody mm. at, at first they said they weren't ah, interested in. yeah okay 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 there it is there it is there it is thank you t you brought me back okay so people sharing very drastic you know very left kind of skewed memes is that um oh my god no <laughs> <laughs> no 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 okay 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 here it is here it is. Okay. i was like yo passed. you got some short-term memory dory shit <laughs> That THC went straight to your brain, girl. Oh my god, I, it'll come. Because <laughs> I'm staring at your face right now, and I'm just like, she's she's getting there. She's. I'm getting, getting there. there. I was so. I had something. There's a block. There's a block. We'll we'll get there. We'll get know. there. We'll get we'll to it. We'll come to you. Um, <laughs> well, it's funny. We had sessions earlier, which is you know like our virtual community like smoke break that we do over Zoom since the pandemic. And this older white man came. He's been coming on frequently. He's from Chicago. Like he just like loves to like have company to smoke with. And he was saying that he was like, "Isn't it interesting?" And says a lot about Biden's character that even though Kamala said all these things about Biden during the debates, that now he can like set that, put that aside and make her his vice president. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. And we were all like, yeah, sure. I, I guess so. I mean, I think it's just like, there was so much happening at that point. And now where we're at with everything, I feel like I can't even, I, I just, all I'm looking at it is like, how are we getting Trump out? Like at this rate, right. like it, it was, we could keep, I, I mean, I don't know much about her, you know, I've been like taking we'll, we'll, we'll information, dig into some more stuff, don't you worry. listening to what you guys are saying. 
And I, I, you know, it it was news to me. Also, someone said after he had brought that up, like, well, she still is a cop. And I was like, the fuck? She's a fucking (laughs) cop. I was like, now what? (laughs) Now what? (laughs) Now what, yo? Like the eye, I guess, I don't even know it's irony, but it's not lost on me, you know, that I could see it as a little tone deaf to the the mm-hmm. progressives of the party but that just shows like after research that the ticket realized that like they're not the base of the party mm. and so if they were the base of the party perhaps stacy abrams or somebody more progressive but they're not and so they're trying to fucking win <laughs> like they're not just gonna concede to the far left which once first of all i agree with I agree with many of the sentiments and like, you know, me environment, number one, if they were like Marxism, socialism, like y'all got to just wear gray tunics, but the earth will be beautiful. I'm like, whatever party I'm onto that party. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, this is what they think that they're going to, they're going to win this way. They think that, you know, and Twitter is not the base of the democratic party. Who knew? Mm -hmm. That's fair. That's fair. And I think also it's like a good pick for, um, some of the people who are feeling like they need to leave or going to vote outside of their their party this um, election from Republican because of Trump, I think they they are excited about her as well, more yeah. excited than they were about Biden. Um, one thing I will say that I think we have to be, and I'm trying to figure like learn more talking points about this or be careful about is. As, as important as I think it is that at the end of the day, the biggest thing is like we have to get Trump out of office is like when I'm talking to people who are kind of the hashtag right Bernie 2020 um, mm. kind of mentality, it's not just to use the, the argument of like, well, so what, you want four more years of Trump? Like we have to get rid of Trump um, yeah. because I just think it like ends up becoming this like it just like feels like I'm banging my head against the wall, you know? You know, you know what's really frustrating about that? It's like, okay. But it, you guys, yeah. I'm sorry, sorry. You want to keep no, going? Keep no, going. no. I, well, Cause then I just like playing devil advocates in my own mind where I'm like, but then yeah, it, yeah. It's, like, it's different. It's not like, oh, I just really, you know, it's not like Bush or like McCain or something I just don't like because they're a Republican. I just want the Democrats to win. It's like, yo, do you understand like what four more years of this could actually like, detrimental it's like what the scorch earth like if trump's gonna make things so bad that we're gonna yeah. like need this revolution it's like no it's it's just gonna get worse and they're gonna keep holding power they're already in power they're gonna do shitty shit and like i'm sorry i'm not jugging for a fucking civil war like yeah. that's not in my I car mean, i know i know g doesn't want it because that's not chill at all so, no that's what not you, you know and here's the thing the Democratic Party, I mean, this may, I don't think this is tokenism. I think it's like actually real. The Democratic Party thinks they can beat Trump with a black woman as president. Like, get, what the fuck, guys? How are you missing that? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, we, no one wanted Joe Biden first. I mean, I, they did because he rocked in the primaries, but I, I certainly <laughs> didn't want Joe Biden first. I don't, Tiana didn't. I don't know about you, Jeej. Who was your, do you, do you have a, did you want? No. Got I'm it. In- or like who, no. whatever. Who are you gonna? Who are you gunning for? Well, I mean, I voted for Bernie in the primaries. Yeah, yeah. I voted for I voted for Liz. I voted for you Liz know? too. I and stood in line for over two hours to vote for this bitch, even though I knew she wasn't gonna get the fucking ticket. But I said, you know what? Because in the primaries, I think you should really vote for who you want. 
And I think at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it would be great Gotta. to always vote for who you want. But at the end of the day, once there's the, the nominees, that's all there is. You know what I mean? Like, I could write in fucking Jacqueline, but she's not going to become president. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, like, exactly. I, I'm, not, I'm not that excited about Biden, and I'm more excited about Kamala than I am about Biden. But, I mean, I understand some, some people's, like, uh, reservations about her. But I don't know. I just yeah. feel like at this point, it's like, all right. I mean, uh, I'm going to vote for them. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, like when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. That's literally my first reaction. And I thought we just, I'm, I'm, I think for me personally, because I'm, I'm searching for hope and unity, mm-hmm. like in, in, in our country. And it's the conversations that I feel like I, 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 the arguments I have with my, my own dad about the state of the country that I'm just like, could this be something that unifies all of us to help rally against getting Trump out. And I just don't, I, I didn't know how to feel. I don't know what her stance is or whatever else. And I remember like when I was voting in the primaries, my friend sent me this, like, it was like this, this test that you could do where mm-hmm. they had the different, like, um, just different, like whatever they stood for. And you had to like click through it. And what I got was just not I, I didn't even know the candidate. And I was just like, this is so complicated for me. It's, I, I need to go like back, back, back to the basics. And of course, everything else happened. So I'm like, wait, the main issue here is like the I'm, leader at large. Yeah. Right. And, and right. So I'm like, uh. And who's going to bring in? And it's like two Supreme Court nominees and you know his whole cabinet and i mean look like look at what devos is doing like look what trump's whole team the revolving door of them but it's just it's so much more than just like the figurehead of who's like the president yeah, yeah he's gonna have well we i, I think oh the biden bernie episode he's having a whole unity task force like a whole team of one like it's a progressive for of the like the bernie camp and then an obama biden democrat camp and he's really trying for unity and i think that there is something you can say about like oh i'm gonna criticize her because a lot of people who are saying terrible things and equating her with like a cop right now like they they're just saying oh well we can be critical of our candidate well you can be critical but you can't like why are you posting this because you're posting the same shit the right wing is posting and that's not bringing it that's not bringing any unity like you you have to give an you have to give and take mm-hmm. and they're That's they're right. and you know a lot of people like our, our age younger like this is so weird to say but like they've been like it radicalized in a way where if a politician doesn't have a perfect record mm. of of all of the views that they want and that they they have vote they haven't voted 100 percent of the time or haven't paid 100 percent of the time like that that you know they're we're throwing we're throwing them out they're a corporate sh- devil who's mm-hmm. not going to help the people. And per- Kamala has been getting more and more progressive, like DA to AG to Senator. Right. So look, she, she's, she's going to vote. She's going to, she's going to, she votes the way Bernie votes. They have like a very similar score on the progressive. If you look at all the stats, right. ProPublica came out with one, I believe PolitiFact, a, a bunch a 538. Yeah. That's a good point. Like the, the difference between <clears throat> criticizing somebody or holding them accountable for their past versus like an outright canceling and mm. boxing them out because they did, like you said, Sam, they didn't align 100% with what you want or what you know you're looking for. And I think yeah. again, it's like it also says so much about like I just feel like Americans overall, and we're all guilty of this, have so much this like selfishness 
that were like thinking that like somebody has to 100% agree with what I believe. Like there's, no. there's like all these people out here. <laughs> you know, like it's not just, you know, like, you got to be president for the whole entire United States, like not just one fucking person. Oh, I think there's like an ad playing in the background on my computer. I was like, yo, who are these fucking people? I was like, someone in my room? Ah, guys. Sign, like, help me. <laughs> oh, no. I saw that. I saw that, uh, the Canadian, like, hotline if you're being abused on Zoom. Did you guys see that? No. There, it's like, you do this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like, I, I've seen stuff, like, um, on Instagram where it's, like, a picture of, like, in the doctor's office. Um, in the bathroom where you're supposed to like drop your sample and it's like oh put a green lid on you know just if that's the normal sample put a red lid on if you know you're being you know abused or with the person with you or something and we'll we'll um, talk to you about it and basically ask that person to leave the room what and then there's like things in like bars and bathrooms like if you order this shot um, you know like are you on a date and it's getting weird if you order this shot the bartender will like call you an uber like call security like all these different things but it, you know i'm like oh that's so nice and then i'm also like yeah that's so wild that we live in a world where you have to have secret messages Signals, in bathrooms yeah. to like I, I didn't even think about that i was basking how how nice that sounds <laughs> yeah like women gotta be like hi bartender can i have the angel shot <laughs> it like means like yo i think this dude i'm with is gonna murder me so can you rescue me <laughs> like the fuck <laughs> yo that's crazy did you guys, i hope I, you're not his friend <laughs> oh my gosh i read this um um, yeah, here, somebody said Rihanna creates grant for domestic violence survivors amid quarantine. She created a 4.2 million grant to help women f- flee domestic violence during quarantine after shelters were forced to turn survivors away due to lack of funding. Oh, wow. wow. Damn, Rihanna. Props to Rihanna, yo. Props to Rihanna for that. I do. <sighs> um, Should she be our queen of the week? What you, yeah, I mean, I think knowing that about Rihanna, she's definitely our queen of the week. Queen of the week. Queen of the week. It's the queen of the week. So Rihanna, you're, you're the queen of the week. You're the queen of the oh. week. I mean, you've been out here making these businesses, girl, but at the same time, thinking about the people, you know, because that is also um, a statistic I've been seeing about some of the um, uh, negative effects of like quarantine is a lot of people are stuck at home with their abusers. Yeah, I, I read something about I forgot where I read it. And then I had seen this on um, this headline. And I was just like, man, you know, it brought me back to that article where I was like, I can't even imagine because th- we're still it's August. Right. Like, <laughs> you, you know oh, what I mean? Right. Like, I'm just like, oh that's my like, my heart goes out to women in that way. And you know, for someone like her who has publicly experienced what that looks like. Right. I, I mean, way to use your money in the right way you know yeah he's a woman of the people for sure all the way around you know whether it's body inclusivity sexuality and um all the things for women all women empowerment but you know i think get some savage Mm -hmm. yeah i do i do want to say that it's props to rihanna that it's sad that the government isn't doing this and putting it, their priorities in this right. and it's not a government right. program. Like, why do we have to take, I mean, we don't have to, and she needs to donate shit for a large tax break, which awesome. Thank you, taxes. But, <laughs> um, you know, like it's not up to private citizens. Mm-hmm. Totally. But it, I mean, th- thank God that, you know, some have the heart and they're putting it in the right places and not just like donating to a super PAC and writing that off somehow. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Um, there is something about Kamala I do want to talk because, like, you know, I do want to try to be fair for people who, who are legitimately just like 
questioning, you know, her record and um, the, there's the truancy issue. You guys know about that? No. The truancy? Okay. Speak on so, it. Uh, I believe I keep getting her time as DA and AG mixed up, but I actually don't think that's too important for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so she took a stance against truancy. Um, so truancy is when you miss school. Um, and uh, so a lot of her critics are coming down. They're kind of painting it as though she uh, was, you know, out to arrest parents, uh, particularly like uh, underprivileged parents and areas. Mm-hmm. So basically it was like, if you're not coming to school, for truancy and you're missing so many days we can prosecute we can fine and maybe and possibly jail your parents mm. the fuck? okay uh, okay so how many days of, would it have to be okay but so the average school year in california is 180 days okay. and this a was a longer when i was in this, school <laughs> <laughs> this, this is aimed at students who miss 20 30 50 and uh, almost 80 days of school damn that's so, a lot of days to miss that's a lot of days i mean a lot of days you would get written up if you miss 16 i remember in in like if you miss 16 days like if you had absence or late two lates equivalent to an absence and if you had 16 of those you had to redo the class so yeah i one time um i had like you know skipped school and all this shit and i was in the dean's office and he's asking me about like my unexcused absences and stuff and i was like <laughs> my mom didn't call that day um I was supposed to, yeah, I was late. And, um, oh, I didn't turn the note into the office. And well, he was like clearing all of them. And I was coming up with all these excuses. And then <laughs> then my counselor walked by and she was like, oh, Tiana, Miss Durson says you've been missing first period a lot. And I was like, uh, 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 Miss Hoffman's a bad teacher. Like, oh, we've been getting some complaints about Miss Hoffman. Tell us more. <laughs> and then they're like, hold on. And they called in like the vice principal. <laughs> so then I just fucking went off about Miss Hoffman. She was a nice lady. I feel bad for her, but you know. Whoa! Her. I feel like that was the birth of like <laughs> it was like, me or her manipulative Tiana. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, that was your fucking Scorpio, like unleashing yeah. as a teenager. What the and, fuck? And then they're like, wow, thank you for this information. And I left. I got all my fucking absences cleared. My wow. counselor no longer was thinking about what Miss Durson said. And then the next day, the vice principal sat in on her class, and I was like, sorry, Miss Hoffman, but it was me or you. <laughs> I chose me. <laughs> I chose me. Um, <laughs> who knew? I mean, I was up in the base, so my parents could have maybe gotten arrested <laughs> if I hadn't cleared those. <laughs> she, for real. When she was defending, like, she has been on the record to apologize for it, and it's only because she's getting so much shit for it. Um, but she had an, uh, she interv- she sure. an interview, and she said that, like, 90% of homicide victims were high school dropouts in San Francisco. 82% or maybe this is maybe this is the United States statistics, I don't know, but 82% of prisoners were dropouts and um it, you're 4 to 5 times more likely to be a high school dropout if you are truant mm. in um, elementary school. So if it starts yeah. young like, you know, and I get I get I'm I'm okay with this policy. Yeah. No one was arrested. Oh, they, they were they were like taken to court, but in, uh, none Only ended in arrest. Any, like jail time. Okay. Yeah, nobody's been jail time. I think but like, it, if you, like with something like that, it'd be nice that there's also like, and I don't know, maybe there was, and I'm just naive to it, but like programs that go into place to or like research to look into like why people are, you know, like if if this is something that's happening a lot, there's got to be like some like reasons why people are truant to that degree, you know? Exactly. And, right. Yeah. Um, how can we support that community 
Um, so that's not an issue. Like some people obviously are just like fucking off, but you know, there's, there's probably like legitimate reasons why some of these people, because that's a long fucking <laughs> lot of days to be out of school. So many days there. I think I it's can't... like more than a third of the, of the yeah, year. It's, yeah. When um, I read like, I read about this a while ago, but I, I read a pretty in-depth, I think LA times or one of the, one of the times. And <laughs> one person who almost was arrested, her daughter missed 60 days, but her mother had sickle cell anemia and the daughter was like taking care of her, mm. which it's like, that's kind of, but at the same time, it's like, you're, you know, your daughter has to go to school. Like she needs to, or something needs to be like something communicated. Needs to, and, and, and that obviously is a symptom of our failing healthcare system. I mean, it, right. it's all, it's all connected. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's not like you, you can attack, you have to just kind of go after one issue at a time really. Right. Or, or and, take, take the time. Like, like, like you said, that at the end of it, that's the root of that problem. Right. Is the healthcare system or lack thereof. So I think, I, I guess maybe too where people get frustrated is like the we need to keep looking for the root of issues, you know, versus trying Always. to put a band-aid on them. Um definitely. With with certain like uh, you know, rules and violations, you know. It's right. Like, yeah. like what's the context there of like cause for truancy, I mean it, it like missing school because a parent you're taking a child is taking care of a parent. That I mean, like you said. Sam, that totally has something to do with just the healthcare system. But going beyond that, I mean, even like abusive homes, like people mm-hmm. just not wanting to go to school. Yeah. You know, and like just skipping out of school because they have to work instead right. of actually go to school, you know? So it's just, I don't know. That's interesting. I wonder how that even developed. That, that, like, right. that, um, and that's you know, what you call that law or something. Yeah, it's just like you would hope too. Like that's what politicians are like talking about and thinking about. Okay, like here's the problem. We have all these problems. Like how did we? Like how did we get them? Yeah, yeah. But you, but you know what it is though. Like and what I've been learning. Um, you know, just being reconnected with like the community, like a New York community. Um, mm. They're like the bike protests that I've been doing every week since I've been here. It's a good, it really has amplified this idea of like what community does and how they can, how they can make actual change. And I think like, it just goes to show that these lawmakers are just so disconnected from the community that they're imposing these laws on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, hopefully that's what comes up when, she's talking about that sort of thing and even though she's apologized about it i feel like there's just a huge disconnect there like you know that's not just negligence in parenting like there's definitely so many other i feel like in on a list of things that um you know really are the realities of why kids are missing school like i don't really i don't know i don't know if i believe that it's well it did well. it did produce results and oh, intruancy went down by two percent from wow. under um her tenure that's cool. So, so something and it worked. And I, I think you're right, Gigi, but, uh, but then it's, you know, at a certain point, you oh, so truancy, okay, like, uh, it's because of abusive parents, like, you know, there's, there's a house has like the multitude of issues. And I also think mm-hmm. that not just politicians, but I feel like everybody is kind of in this individual mode right now. And that's kind of aiding to the downfall. Did you that Rolling Stone article? Did you guys read that? No, what it was it? Oh, my God, it just came It basically um it's called the unraveling of america by wade davis oh shit oh, that's when you sent me yeah and just like a bunch of stats that we've actually talked about on the pod too you know how ceos make like almost 300 times more than so their crazy their average you know employee <laughs> so crazy it's like and, you've seen like that thing going around where people are talking about oh people are getting you know 
I'm working and people are getting an extra $600 a week to sit on their ass and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yo, you're more mad at the person who like lost their job than you are at fucking Jeff Bezos. who's made billions of dollars during this you, pandemic. Or your employer who's yeah, making like, you work. <laughs> right. Like that you're not an essential, like because you're an essential worker because you work you know, at Amazon or a grocery store. Like it should be more, people should be more upset about like the fact that they're deemed essential aren't being paid correctly versus they yeah and hazard pay they which I'm, we could probably afford this if oh also the article talks about you know we all know this how we've wasted so much on military mm. our tax mm. on america particularly and china who hasn't wasted hasn't had a war i mean they've, they've annexed some territories um not but they haven't had an all-out war or been stationed anywhere. And they've just been quietly building up their country and their infrastructure. Mm. And the article is about how, you know, the sun is setting on American power in the world and rising mm. in the East. In the East. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, I obviously America has its problems and this, this article really highlights many of them that I think about sure. often, but there is something, there's like a pity about America losing their power. It's like, I, I feel very patriotic and nationalistic about this mm-hmm. it's for some reason. Well, I mean, actually, yeah, because China is, um, despite all the problems with America and our kind of like shaky democracy right now, I mean, China is a communist country who literally has um, w- labor camps right now. Oh, yeah. And they're going to be, they're going to be the dominant force in the world. Nah, the um, the spreading of American ideals is like what really, obviously, our military power. I get that, but like American culture, it, like they know our movies. Like I don't know, I, I can name three French movies, maybe five off the top right, of my head. But they right. mm. think of like the media and the entertainment, and it's just uh, it's pretty depressing. And a lot of it is, you know, it was happening anyway. But yeah. the Trump presidency kind of accelerated that because their priorities are backwards and it's not, they're not, you know. Yeah, it's funny. One of my uh, Tinderoni boos from, from <laughs> Berlin, he was texting, we were talking about, you know, just the happenings, what's the current events. And he was just like, can you imagine a world where the U.S. is in a superpower? And he was like, I'm afraid. And this is like a German man saying this to, <laughs> to me. And I was just like, yeah, I, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard to understand. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to grasp like a, like that, that's what's happening. Like we're, we're clearly losing power. We're clearly a mess and the world is watching it. It has blocked. We have been blocked off from the rest of the world. We've been set in quarantine. We can't even go to Canada. I know. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? The other thing that what's so interesting about that. And I, and I know why I think more people aren't alarmed by this. Like to me, the idea that we can't travel anywhere and like our passports are basically shit is denied is fucking alarming on a like this, a large that's like scale. an existential crisis yeah but i think people again it's just are have been taught to look so in i was watching um uh last week tonight with john oliver and he was just talking about you know how majority of americans don't really know their history and i and i really i know that to be true and it was it's been interesting the time i've been abroad and you know that other people in other countries know so much more about their history yeah. <laughs> and they have such a longer history than we do. <laughs> yeah. um, but then it gives you this like false sense of illusion of like where your country really stands in the world. And there was like a man who was at some town hall or something and got up and was talking about like, cause they were debating things to teach in history. Cause you know, 
<laughs> he was talking about how they talk about uh, slavery and, and one of the school books was talking about how like, you know, there were some slaves who loved, you know, helping with the chores and um, all this shit and they loved their masters and it was, they were, they were comfortable, but then there were some lazy ones that didn't want to work. And it was, what? Stop. What is this? What? It, it, they were talking, it was something in a history book talking about slavery. And so he was basically talking about a lot of people have been taught this kind of like backwards history of things. And so this guy gets up and he was Damn. saying like, I just want to make sure my kids know are taught that even the worst day in America is better than any day anywhere else. And then all these people were clapping yeah. like, yes, sir. Yes. Tell them. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, yo, but you like, have you been to Paris? Like, right. <laughs> like have you fucking been to Chianti, bitch? Yeah, have like, you seen those hillsides? I mean, but like, listen, I, as much as I like, you know, I think I feel more patriotic because I criticize and want America to be the best that it can be. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't like sign into this false illusion that we're the best ever, you know? And so mm. I think that's such a mind fuck because you don't really understand, like you can't, you can't see how fuck things are if you really truly believe we're so much better than everyone else just because we're American. We definitely got it like a lot better off than a lot of places. But like, again, there's this false sense of illusion, like that we're like the only civilized country in the world or some bullshit. Yeah, my best friend was saying, and she lives in Hong Kong. She's like, you know, I always was thinking that, is it true? Like, you know, America is a third world country dressed as a first world one. And now it's just like how the world has unraveled just handling the pandemic. Like, right. that was oh, just yeah. one example of like you know us abusing the resources we have the crumbling like realities of healthcare you know like my mom as an essential worker and an operating room nurse like it was really clear to me how new york ha like they literally had no choice but to just they were reactive i mean like the you saw the numbers in the beginning you know and it, it, like that for me was just like a kind of I think that's what opened up like, oh my God, we're really like, we've got, we've completely lost sense of reality and the people that are here that we're breeding as Americans, like mm -hmm. the, the leadership, the country up on its foundational values of, you know, these immigrant workers that are providing the baseline of healthcare to the common person. They're just not respected. The healthcare is a capital, capital driven business. Just look at insurance. Like it's right. just... You know, and, and, and for me, because that's so close to home, it's in my home. I, I can only really go off of things I understand, you know, that, that mm -hmm. affect me personally. And then if it's not that, it's the cannabis side or it's my education that costs way more than it actually needed to cost because of, <laughs> no. you know, whatever it is. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy because when I hear my, you know, the side from my dad where he's really patriotic about America. You know, he came here. He is an example of the American dream, you know, um, being able to retire, work somewhere and then be taken care of upon retirement. You know, I, it's just that's not even the world that we live in <laughs> right now. And it goes back to what you were saying about people being angry at, you know, those getting the $600 a week. And yeah, it's $600 a week, but if you think about it, people really can't even survive that. Like the mm -hmm. fact that there are people like the, the real issue is like people have to survive for less. Holy shit. Yeah. Some people that, that's like, poverty. Yo, yes, that's people, like the most, the most you can make on unemployment is $450 a week. 
Yep. That's $1,800. And Congress did not, they're in recession again for the, for the, the second stimulus bill. Yeah, and and Republicans like, are trying to take away the 600. Democrats are trying to keep it. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, I had heard they landed on the 400. They landed well, on the 400. I'm trying to like do his but, like, oh, yeah. look at me. I care about you. Executive order. Here's $400. A hundred of that's supposed to come from the states. Like yeah. 300 come from the government. And like, fuck you. There, there are some poor ass states who are mishandled by Republicans and they're not going to be able to pay that money. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, I, yeah. I, I feel like we need to really look at the real problem here, which is like, wh- what are we valuing? You know, the hourly, like even when I was young, I remember the hourly in New Jersey was like average. Seven, was like it was six, like seven twenty five. Yeah. It was like six eighty seven twenty five. And I remember I got this like awesome job through my ne- next door neighbor at a nursing home. And um, you know, we all, we had to do, it was like, a five-hour shift and we had to arrange like dinner for this assisted living so it was like seniors that are totally capable but they just like live in this community and it was super easy all of us were like in high school but i made like 780 more than like all the other like classmates with their little jobs <laughs> and i remember thinking like i was in sf like maybe I don't know, maybe sometime last summer, my friend and I were getting boba and there was a sign in front of the boba like menu. And I was like, we're looking for, you know, part-time, full-time, great benefits. And it was 15 or like $19 an hour. And I was like, to make boba? (laughs) But it's San Francisco. That's not even a livable wage. They're probably still living in their parents' basement or whatever. You can't. Yeah. Because when I was hiring people up in the Bay, I remember mm. telling my manager, I was like, yo, I can't offer them $17 a fucking hour unless we want to hire like middle schoolers. Exactly. So it's crazy. What it's like, isn't the federal minimum wage still like seven? Yeah, it's, it's, it's lower in some states. It's still like yeah. seven. It's like in Utah, it's like six bucks or something or seven fifty. As a single dog mom, I have no idea how people are out here with multiple children a single mom, single dads, even people with, with, you know, dual incomes where both people are working. I just don't understand how people are able to do it and like afford, you know, don't even get me started on like affordable housing and how fucking expensive it is to live anywhere. Yeah. Especially yeah, I mean, yeah. specifically yeah, in California. Just, just, just love getting price out of my, the neighborhood I grew up in. <laughs> Right, like story of every millennial's fucking life. It's ridiculous. Right. So that that's also this article and brings up, and I think it's been a common thread in, in many people who are concerned that COVID, you know, look at Germany, look at all the countries Bernie Sanders always like talks about, you know? New Zealand hasn't we, had like, a new case in over a yeah. hundred days. Like, I love the, that bitch, by the, the way, their prime minister. She's so cool. Oh yeah, I love her too. She's so cool. Do you see that she was having an interview and there, an earthquake happened and she was like, it was like all shaking and she's like, oh, well, no, we're in a sound uh, place. It looks, seems fine. Okay, yeah, no, it's done. Let's continue. And I was like, can you imagine Trump if there was an earthquake oh. in the middle of a prep? <laughs> like, guys, guys, guys. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> He'd be in the bunker so fast. <laughs> he would be fucking flipping out with his toupee and shit. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that would be really painstaking to go through. But yeah, like all the 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 European countries, like Scandinavia, we're all of everybody my age is like, yeah, that sounds dope. Let's do what they're doing, like social, de- like democracy, you know. And they are all fine now because they handle. I mean, Sweden really took some chances. Sweden <laughs> lost some people, but um, you know, they're up and running again. Yeah, and we're not. And and COVID just really, we were we were on such a thin rope 
with where our priorities are in this country and what programs we're actually putting money into and COVID just Ugh. cut it and we're, we're dangling, we're falling. Just, so yeah, I like, we're still dealing with this guy. I will. This is emba- just, this, I'm embarrassed. This is embarrassing. Yeah, it is. I will. It's just embarrassing. I will yeah. never forget as long as I live that some people during this time got more upset about having to wear a mask than yeah. they did about watching the live execution of unarmed citizens. Like, okay. Picking a lane. Uh. Yeah. Going with that one, huh? Okay. Okay. Don't want to put some cloth on your face because it's going against your rights. And I'll never forget the year. shaking my head right now. 2020, where after all this is going down, some people in Williamsburg are like, I'm still going to write in Bernie. Girl. The fuck? He has to go, guys. You know what's funny? Like, we just all need to accept that, like, you know, we just, like, didn't deserve Bernie. Like, good for Bernie for giving us, his, giving people his, yeah, his, his abilities. But, like, I just feel like, why? What, what, what was the, what's the point of that? How was that even news? But I guess it's clickbait. Bernie endorsed Biden, and they actually had a very nice Zoom conversation. It was very nice. I watched yeah. the whole thing. They seemed very on page and had really good rapport. Good, I guess. And also, I think it's like you just have to accept. I mean, I guess you don't have. I mean, nobody has to do anything, right? I felt like, yeah, I really wanted Warren towards the end, but I have to accept the fact that he's not the nominee. So now I have to decide for myself, like, what's most important to me. And it may seem like, you know, small to some people, but to me, it's fucking big. Like, get this fucking orange fool out of this fucking office and all his little homies, you know, <laughs> like, that's the most important thing to me. Like, I would vote for yep. fucking Tulsi Gabbard if she had gotten the nomination. I would be doing meditations with that fucking other bitch. What's her name? The Mary, was it the one who was like, um, the, like, self-help, like, oh, you just have to... To uh, Long Island Medium, uh, you know the girl who no the one who was uh, <laughs> was one of the uh, nominees. You know, oh Marianne Williamson, my car's named yeah. after her. I would be with Marianne, like yeah, mm. kumbaya, bitch. Let's fucking take him down. But at the end of the day, it's like whatever you want to say about you know the Democratic Party being corrupt or you know, whatever, and we're being this is being forced on us. These two, it's it's who we got. So. Yeah, you know, give me a Biden Harris fucking T-shirt, twenty twenty. Let's go. You know, yeah, <laughs> like, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh man, let's you know, just go. And two, the thing is this with strategy, right? Like as I said before, progressives, you are not our base currently. Okay, yeah. black black women and black people in the South are our base. Okay, like we were. That's who we're we're trying to please here, and I'm all for that. And so, but more progressive candidates are winning all over the place. Right. As as people, when we get to our crazy old of the week, some far right people are starting to pop up, which is scary. But I think if Kamala and Joe win, like the idea of fracturing off into more parties is more of a reality because mm. we'll be on the up and up. So, because mm. I don't, I don't want the base of Trump and the normal Republican party to have any more power than it does. So if we're infighting right now before our rise to power, like I'm I'm talking very game of Thronesy, but it's it's serious. I think we have a better chance at factioning off and maybe a four, maybe four parties, even a fifth party system sooner than we think, which I'm very down for. Right. So I just think it's a long term. Yeah. Like you said, it's it's a long, it's a, it's, 
the end games, the long games, not a short game. And yeah, but Americans they, like they just buy their ways. They just we buy our way into something with fake money, and we're we're. I just feel like as Americans, we don't think about long game anymore. Right. We're just like trying to get like people the to land of lottery tickets, you know. And it just goes to show, like when you were saying earlier, like. China just been, you know, quietly creating their foundation. Like, you know, they've been building their. their no, China's the tortoise, for- y'all, and we are the hare. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm one hundred percent. I don't know. Our priorities are crazy whack. Like when you know you were mentioning like, the mass thing. Like my my friends with children were, you know, sending photos like, oh, the kids are like at daycare or whatever. And I was like, oh my god, look at all the kids. They're just like wearing masks, like running around in the classroom or playing with toys and stuff. And I asked, like, do the kids care about wearing the mask? Like, how are they? Like, what's their behavior around wearing the mask? And they're like, honestly, um, they just know to put it on and they keep it on. They don't complain about it. And I'm like, wow. So this is really an older person, uh, an adult like thing where we really just have no care. Or, you know, people just generally like my one friend says like her theory or him and her, two people I know say like their theory is that. They have bad breath. That's why they just don't want to wear it. And that could be true too. But like, can you imagine like these kids are just like, they're accepting it. They're doing it. You know, it's appropriate. Right. And the greater community, uh, I mean, they just. Yeah. yeah I think we like always like also. Um, make a fuss. Um, underestimate yeah. like the things kids understand, you know, like right. I think if you told a kid like, oh, well, you have to wear this because it will protect your friend and you can still play. They're like, Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I like Jane. I want to keep playing with her. So I'm going to put my motherfucking mask on. Yeah. You know, I think more than anything, I'd just be w- more concerned about them being absent-minded and like touching or trying to take their masks right. off. But Which they probably yeah. will be. One thing I did so, want to say um, about something you mentioned earlier, Gigi, about how that guy during sessions, you know, said something about like what it says about Biden's character to pick right. them all after she criticized him before i think it also says something about the type of leader he's going to be because you know trump would never do something like that and i think to be a good leader it's important to have people around you that challenge you Mm -hmm. and look at things from a different lens that than you do so you really have a bigger picture of what's going on so i think like that's such a great thing about like yeah they might have had you know, it gone kind of sparred a little bit during like the debates and as they were trying to figure out who's going to be the candidate. But it's like clearly she possesses something he knows he doesn't have that he needs. And so I think that's like a great choice on him and his team. Um, mm-hmm. It says something about hopefully the rest of his cabinet and like yeah. the way that he would lead. And also knowing how close he and Obama were. Like that wasn't for show. Like they were, they were buds. They were really like, <laughs> we want to believe that. Yeah, like, for sure. I think I do. Yeah, like their chemistry I when they were together. I th- yeah, I think it's They're like plausible. Yeah, I think they get. They were very, yeah, yeah. They definitely that, liked each other. They exactly. respected each other and liked each other. And mm-hmm. so that's going to reflect on Joe. He's going to hold like he's going to have that same working relationship with Kamala, right. who was actually when her and Bo were when they were AGs together. Uh, Bo Biden, who passed away from a brain from brain cancer, I think so. Yeah. Um, he and Kamala took on the big banks during the mortgage crisis and she garnered um, like $12 billion for California during that time for homeowners when uh, the mortgage crisis hit. So, and Bo uh, as the AG of Delaware was like helping her with that. Mm. So they were very close. 
Which I didn't know. I didn't know until very, very recently. Yeah, my aunt was telling me about that recently. I was like, oh, shit. She's like, yeah, they have like kind of a longer relationship, you know? And I was like, that makes sense. I don't know. I mean. Interesting. Yeah, not to like beat a dead horse, but like anyone but Trump, you know? (laughs) I know. I mean, we we didn't talk about so much in depth, but like he's, he literally just said today, he's slowing down the mail. He's not even lying about it. He's just, yeah, we're doing this. That he's slowing down the mail because it will stop make you know people won't they won't be able to get their mail-in ballots okay bro cool (laughs) i i just like i don't you know for me personally i i try to see things like for what they are and i feel like if you can't see that is a complete miss like handling of power like, do we not understand how many businesses, small businesses that, you know, we allegedly as the United States, like, want to promote, like, what they depend on the USPS? Right. Like, right. you know, all these people that have even, or, I mean, I guess when you order from Amazon, you get it from UPS, but, like, I just feel like... <laughs> but even how- Amazon sometimes will um, push to, even from UPS or FedEx, push to USPS, like my yeah. friend, he's a small business owner. He owns um, a UPS store and mm-hmm. he actually, it's so funny. I saw him on Instagram. He was just like on the news talking about how like the slowing down of the USPS will affect his business too, because people utilize his store and they As have a drop off center, drop off, they yeah. have, you know, um, what are those things called? When you have your like a little mailbox there, PO boxes, PO box, mm-hmm. um, and then he was even saying, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. He was saying how, I guess in the interview, he was saying how since the pandemic has hit, people are just sending so much more things, right? And utilizing, being able to send things. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't make, he's like, it just seems like common sense that if things are expanding, that you would provide more funding, Serve, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Meet that demand versus yeah. trying to shrink it. Um, and the Republicans made sure they didn't get any PPE loans. The fuck? <laughs> the fuck? I just, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I've been talking to so many different people over the course of this pandemic, you know, just from sessions that are like, yeah, you know, I haven't left, I'm immunocompromised. I can't leave my house. I get everything delivered. Mm. And then now, like, what are you supposed to do? Order, you know, so much more expensive. Yeah, you either have to pay more for rush delivery, don't have, you know, and you don't have money for that. And then now you just have to wait longer. I mean, it's or all part of their just plan to just really chip away at all integrity for any institutions. Right. Like any institutions. Which I we hate. Trust. Yeah. Because it's, it's, there's people that are re- working really, really hard there. Like I know a few of my uncles were like retired post, like USPS my grandpa workers. was too. And you also, know? like, they're taking uh, – Not an easy I mean, job. They're <laughs> taking away overtime. When we say they, we mean the new postmaster general who's a Trump lackey. They, like, stopped overtime – so I know people are, especially imagine if you're in a, if you're in a two, two, uh, two person household and you're the only one making the income for both of, both of you, whether it's a child, a spouse, an older relative you live with. Right. And now you aren't relying on that overtime. My mom, like my mom just worked overtime. Like her work week was so long. She relied on that overtime payment. Right. And the reason that there's overtime available is because there's fucking work that needs to be done. So it's like, yeah, exactly. it's not like they got to a place where like, yo, we are so efficient that there's no longer need for overtime. That right. I could understand. And that would fucking suck. And we, I feel like you would then have to think about your workers who relied so much on that overtime. But it, that's not where it's at. It's like, yo, we actually just don't give a fuck. And we don't want to pay to do 
more the work that we needs to be done which i think they're is- also they're also um like there were someone was on msnbc he wrote an article for like a new the new vice kind of news that um they're also setting orders to deactivate mail sorting machines <laughs> why i just <laughs> like that, that and, and you know what i mean this is crazy that i'm even gonna say this but i remember my dad and i were talking about the pandemic and he's just like may which is my middle name he's like i think in 20 years we're gonna find out that this was like and I don't think he said an inside job, but this was a deliberate move for the pandemic. And in some re- weird way, the way that they're manhandling the USPS, I just feel like, what are, what is your, what do you guys want here? Do you want people <laughs> to die off? You do you right. want people, you want the boomer generation to just die off fast? That's why you, sixty plus you're at risk. Do you want like people to lose their they they do, clearly do they've chosen corporations to get the the majority SBA of loans, the funding yeah right. yeah the majority of the funding and then reiterated that if there's any left then other people would get it and and then the people that are just trying to survive by using by pivoting their businesses can't even rely on the system because yeah. you're gonna defund them. What? and those are i just do not and then the gap between like the the one percent and the rest of the 99 wasn't wide enough right (laughs) exactly that's why i'm like what like i see that's why that's why i think conspiracy like that's like the tinfoil version and the version we talked about earlier is like how the virus just exposed all of our already weaknesses weaknesses yeah yeah weaknesses so that's why but the thing with QAnon is like it's so Mm. weird that so do you know what QAnon is, Jeej? So I, we've talked about this before, guys. I don't know if you know QAnon. Um, they basically think that Trump is like this this savior who's going to stop all the child sex rings um, and pedophilia and put all and the what? Pe- oh. and put all the pedophiles in jail. And they're and they're this whole thing. They, they're we are Q, and they just push like conspiracy theories and misinformation. Um, I mean, like it's just. Listen, I'm not trying to say that there isn't pedophilia and sex rings and human oh, trafficking yeah. happening. Like, I believe all that stuff. But y'all really think that Trump, Trump is going to be the one that's going to save it, save us all? Like, the one wow. who used to walk in on U- USA pageants when women Teen, were like, it dressing, they were young. Just, yeah. No, it was, no, no, it was, it was the adult. Like, they were over okay, 18, adults. quote unquote, but like in the early 20s. Yeah, they were, and he, yeah, he boasted about walking in on them while they were changing and that he could do it because he owns that the competition or something, right? Yeah. There's also a quote where he literally he interviewed in a magazine or I think it was a very reputable publication. So I know I forget my sources, but I, I read for like hours and hours before this pod, people, um, <laughs> that he was talking about Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein. He's like, yeah, he, he, liked younger gir- he liked younger girls. There's no lie about that. And then he said something like, like you know, like me. Like, no, Jeffrey Epstein didn't just like younger girls. He liked girls from the ages of like 13 to 20. Okay. Like young women, no girls, young girls girls who are out down on their luck and like were in very vulnerable, desperate places, except a few who are like very rich and it was a grooming, whatever, you know, but they're all victims. Um, so QAnon, they're coming out for Trump. They're kind of like the crazier. They're like, you know, you thought Trump's base was bad. Well, now there's this QAnon these QAnon people who are skewing even farther right. And um, so that, so uh, in Georgia's 15th district, Tom Graves is retiring. He's a Trump guy, he's a Republican. And um, 
So our crazy old kook of the week is Marjorie Taylor Greene. It's the crazy old kook of the week. Why you gotta be so fucking crazy? Um, who you guessed <laughs> it. Why am I laughing already? Right, like, who you guessed it um, hates Muslims. Twist, you know, she'd just be out here saying that stuff on video. And uh, she's a QAnon conspiracy theorist. And um, she's in Georgia's 14th. So that means she's actually running for congressional. Wow. Um, so she might be a member of Congress one day because T- Tom Graves is stepping down, which, you know, I've never... I've never thought I'd say this, but Tom Graves, I'm sad you're stepping down <laughs> because she's going to win in that district. That district is so red. And the other guy running is just some like milk toast Democrat. He's not going to rev anybody up and she's going to win that fucking seat. And she's going to be her and AOC in the same building. Oh, and my God. I mean, uh, I guess, you know, these people are a percentage of the population and they need to be represented too, even though they're crazy. <laughs> like, I, I mean, just, I just will never understand like people thinking that Trump is going to be like a savior. Like, I just, I, I honestly feel like I live in a parallel universe. Like, yeah. and Trump endorsed her on Twitter. Twitter unplug, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, okay. Uh, because I'm really waiting for Lawrence Fishburne to show up. I think that's crazy. <laughs> like, there's things that are like mixed in with like craziness that makes sense, right? Things like you would yeah. be like, yeah, well, if you're not on board, then you obviously love pedophilia. It's like, no, I actually I don't. <laughs> you know, like I I, I don't. <laughs> you hear it first, folks. Tiana does not like pedophilia. <laughs> Do not let the Q anons know. We're highly political. <laughs> we think you're crazy, but we're not pro pedophilia. No, no, no. <laughs> no, a, sp- no, no. a spokesperson for um, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. You guys, he's a California politician. He's like a little Trump kiss ass. Mm. Um, he, a spokesperson for him, um, also said that uh, he was a, 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 her speech was appalling. Marjorie Green or whatever talking oh, wow. about our our Muslim Americans our mother our brothers and sisters yeah he even said it was appalling and he's you know a Trump kiss ass so oh, you know cool. that's very alarming news um, but you know guys if you're in Georgia's 14th can you please vote for Kevin Von Ostal <laughs> an Von IT Ostel. specialist so you know he's gonna be exciting. <laughs> He's, you know what? He's going to make sure things are right. An IT specialist is looking at every detail. Oh, yeah. Who do you call when you don't know what's going on with your computer? Okay, they understand. They can look for the root of a problem, and that's what we need more of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Teej, mm. thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah, thank thanks you. for having me, ladies. That this was conversation so- was super chill. It was Very super chill. Uh, super chill, despite the topics, the intense yeah. topics. Yeah. But I think that's like so important for people to remember. Remember, and I hope they get that from this podcast. That like you know, important topics, even though they can be you know, polarizing. Yeah, polarizing, decisive. Yeah. It's like you know, you can have a chill conversation about them, and, and you know, obviously some perspective helps. Yeah. And, um. You know, don't don't be afraid to you know, to have you know different opinions and to talk to people about them. And yeah, try not definitely. to be petty on social media like I was this week. Yeah, it's hard. 
It was hard. Is hard. I, I was petty. Kidding. People post things and I'm like, yo, I bet the comment section is lit. And I'll just go into the comments to like watch people fight and I'll be like, yo. And there's certain times like I'll almost want to comment on things my friends post and then like their cousin from somewhere says something negative. Right. And wonder, I'm like, like, yo, I'm not going to fight with like their cousin. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, right. Like I have all these things ready to type and I'm like, yo, it's like, is it worth the energy that I'm putting yeah. out? You know, you got to be like, you got to be very aware of the energy that you're you're putting out and you're giving people because some people just really it's not that like you know I don't want to just have differences with people or have like a conversation about differences but sometimes you just have to be aware that they're not looking for a conversation they're not looking for a debate or you know they're just looking to spew negativity and are you going to take the bait and I'm just always practicing like not taking the mm-hmm. pain. It's all about protecting your energy, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, there's so many things out of our control that without being really aware and conscious of how we let other people's, like their own commentary and theories like affect us, it's just like, is this going to make, create positive change if I engage? But sometimes right. you just can't help it. You know, when I get frustrated over certain things related to the pandemic, like losing some certain like freedoms, I'm just like, you know, do, do we, we just need to be accountable for ourselves. And then the ones that we most care about that are living with us or that are at risk right. and take what we see right now during this time yeah. period with like, let's just let's, let's re- let's, uh, understand how we feel and then like go back to the root, focus on the root of the problem. Exactly. And that's, and, that's the issue. Focus on the root and yeah. remember that holding people accountable doesn't mean you have to flame them. Yeah. And, and so, 100%. you know, I think it's a great way to wrap this up. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's like such a, like, I think that was like the main theme of this app is just, you know, hold people accountable mm-hmm. and demand more. Um, but also understand like, you know, where they came from at the, again, they're people like everybody else. And yeah. if they're, sh- and if they're showing you, they're working towards it. Why, you know, don't deny them of that. Yeah. Right. Give them that. Uh, yeah. Give them that room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I wholeheartedly believe more in listening more than ever. I think, uh, you know, just hosting sessions has been like a huge example of like, wow, there's a lot that I don't know. Like even in this convo, there was a lot you guys were talking about that I just, I, I've never heard of before. I don't know much about. And I think like now more than ever with time on our hands, like we should a lot space for listening, especially right. if it comes to our own our own thoughts and feelings. It's just, it's the baseline of everything. I, I feel like that's where the chill is. Like, that's, yep. yeah. you know, like I'm just always trying to impart like a little bit of that. And, and I know these are no chill times. Like I, I, I understand I'm living them with you. And it's just, I, I, I feel like the only way we can, we can like unify, like unify and move forward is if like we really take a hard look at, um, at the root of all the things. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for having yeah, me. Thanks, like, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. Yeah, I'm so happy that we could do this. Thank you so and much. And then where can we find you on Instagram, even though we've been talking so much on social media? Oh, yeah. So, um, oh my G, O H H, two H's, M Y G E E G is uh, my my Instagram and my art and times of chill is my consulting platform where you can learn all about cannabis and the cool people that are, 
you know, a part of our community. And that's just spelled out art and times of chill. And uh, the podcast will be dropped and featured mainly on there as well. And yeah, thank you both, Sam, Tiana. I appreciate the work that you're doing. And uh, thanks for holding space for my voice. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. course. Joining us. And guys, as always, uh, you know, like subscribe leave a review we got them stickers okay we've been sending some out but i know more of you want them stickers so leave some more reviews and Hell you can yeah. follow us at a highly underscore political and uh yeah thanks <laughs>